Hey, it's Anita, and this is the Anita Posh Show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the first episode of 2021. I wish you all a happy new year. What's new here? My show is now called the Anita Posh Show because I think my previous name, Bitcoin and Co., was a little bit misleading because I'm focusing on Bitcoin only. And also with my name in the title, now everybody can see immediately that a woman is hosting this podcast, which is actually quite rare in the Bitcoin space. As always, you can watch the interview as a video on YouTube or you can listen to it on your favorite podcast player. You can find all the links at anita.link slash subscribe. You can also subscribe to Anita's Weekly, my newsletter that is covering the most interesting story of the current week in Bitcoin. Today's guests are Desiree Dickerson and Ryan Gentry from Lightning Labs. Lightning Labs was founded in 2016 and one of the first investors was the CEO of Twitter, Jack Dorsey. Elizabeth Stark is the CEO of Lightning Labs and her CTO and co-founder is Olauluva Osuntokun. And um, he is writing, uh, co-authoring together with Andreas M. Antonopoulos and Rene Pickard a book that's called Mastering the Lightning Network, which will be out this year. The Lightning Network is a so-called second layer protocol on top of the Bitcoin blockchain. And what it does, it, it enables micro payments and very fast payments in Bitcoin. And we are going to talk about the most important developments in the Lightning Network space, new businesses, new business models like podcasting, for instance, income streams for content creators, gaming, and much more. And before, a short word from my sponsors. And then, enjoy! Local Bitcoins is one of the most trusted and the largest peer-to-peer -peer Bitcoin trading platforms in the world. Local Bitcoins allows you to trade directly with people like you and you can choose any currency you prefer and find a safe payment method to complete your trade. Go to www.localbitcoins.com to buy and sell Bitcoin. I definitely recommend using a hardware wallet to store your Bitcoin. But if you have difficulties with the technical requirements and maintenance of hardware wallets, you can use the card wallet. You can give it away as a gift or inheritance. You can send Bitcoin to it and all you have to do is to store it in a safe place. If you order your card wallet at cardwallet.com forward slash Anita, you will get 20% off. Hello, Desiree. Hello, Ryan. Welcome and thanks for taking the time to do this interview with me today. Yeah, thanks for having us. Absolutely. Happy to be here. Yeah, thanks. It's a pleasure. Desiree, you're the Vice President of Business Operations and Ryan, I think you're Head of Business Development at Lightning Labs. Um, please, let's start with a little introduction Please introduce yourselves to our listeners and maybe keep in mind that many listeners of mine are not so like 
deep into Bitcoin and they might even not know what the Lightning Network is. So uh, please, Desiree, do you want to start? Yeah, so um, hello, I'm Desiree. Um, this is super exciting for us because um, this is um, Ryan and I's first joint interview, um, which is super exciting because um, Ryan and I are working together every day. Um, so we can get into that a little bit more. But um, yeah, Ryan and I work at Lightning Labs, um, which is a we work on L&D with the light, uh, an instance of the Lightning Network, um, which is basically making Bitcoin faster, cheaper and easier to use. So the way I like to view it is, you know, this is the payment or the transaction layer to Bitcoin's um, settlement layer. So I know Elizabeth, our CEO, likes to say a lot that um, the Lightning Network is the HTTPS to uh, Bitcoin, Bitcoin's TCP IP protocol. Um, so she likes to kind of view it that way. Uh, but that's kind of the fun um fun way to look at it. Um, and yeah, Ryan, is there anything you want to add about that? I know Ryan loves to talk about protocols and like transport networks and has all sorts of really fun analogies um, for describing um, the Lightning Network. Yeah, absolutely. So I, um, as I was telling Anita before the call, I'm, I'm an engineer by training um, and the specific type of engineering that I did um, was I got my master's in telecommunications networks. Um, and so when I came to kind of the crypto space broader before I got into Bitcoin and into Lightning, um, you know, the, what I was really looking for was like machine to machine payments protocol. Um, and so once I kind of realized, you know, what Bitcoin was uh, in 2017 and, and in particular what Lightning was, it just gave me like a ton of bricks that this is going to mature exactly like the internet did, you know, and even you know, at a, at a deeper level, more kind of infrastructure transportation networks, exactly like, um, you know, pipelines for, for oil did, exactly like telecommunications lines for analog data did, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so I like to think of, you know, um, it's absolutely correct that that um, Lightning is kind of the, the, the transport layer for Bitcoin, um, the transaction layer. Um, and what I think of it is, is it's a bunch, it's a network of pipelines for Satoshis that are just kind of, flowing throughout the Bitcoin financial system, going wherever they need to go. Um, and, you know, before I joined Lightning Labs, I was working at Multicoin Capital, um, kind of a, a crypto um, venture fund. Um, and that was my first kind of exposure to financial markets uh, as an engineer previously. And so I now know that, you know, so the value just kind of flows wherever it will. Um, there's not really any rhyme or reason to it from a high level. So like having just this kind of general network set up that will help people transport funds from the U.S. to Nigeria or from Nigeria to China or from China to Russia, et cetera, um, is, is going to be a boon for the world coming forward. Mm -hmm. Desiree, how did you get into the Bitcoin space? When did you hear about Bitcoin uh, the first time? Yeah, um, my story is uh, a little less glamorous than Ryan's, unfortunately. Um, and Elizabeth likes loves to like give me give me crap for this or um, call me out at conferences and whatnot. I actually got into Bitcoin through Dogecoin, um, funny enough, <laughs> but um, kind of similar to Ryan. Um, you know, my, my background is not super directly related. Ryan's is probably more directly related, but um, I my background is in the sciences. So um, when I was getting my master's in biophysics and physiology, um, 
I was in a very small program. There was not a lot of people um, in the program. Everyone was a lot older and I didn't have really very many friends. And so I spent a lot of time on Reddit, um, which I still do. And I happened to stumble on our Dogecoin. And really what got me interested was the community around Dogecoin. And I was like, hey, these people are nice. It's fun. Um, you know, they're like using this this fun virtual currency to like actually sponsor cool things like, you know, helping people out, but also fun things like bobsled teams and college, like football bowls and stuff. And so it was just, I just loved kind of like the community community meme nature of Dogecoin. And that's kind of what brought me in. And then, you know, I was following along and when I was, I, I had this former life as a management consultant. So was constantly, um, following along. And when I was doing some work with the federal government, I was obviously becoming very disenchanted with the way that all works. And so, um, you know, I kind of really just kind of jumped into Bitcoin and was like active on Twitter and, you know, met Elizabeth through Twitter and a lot of people that um, I work with today. Um, so it was kind of through Dogecoin, but I think that's something still that I love about Bitcoin is the community aspect. So yeah, like the Dogecoin, community kind of was my entry point. Um, but that's something that's like still very interesting to me today. And like a big part of my job and Ryan's job is, you know, working with our community, understanding this community and building products for this community. So it actually, strangely enough, if you think about it was um, kind of interesting. I'm still doing what I'm working on what got me interested in the first place. So that's kind of my origin story. So both basically from shit coins to Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for it's calling a very it common that. Route. Yeah, but it's, it's a very it's common a, route. It's really very common. Uh, mo most of the times, I mean, me too. Uh, you, at first you discover Bitcoin, then you think, oh, and what are all those altcoins? And maybe I should go there. But then you realize, no, don't go there. The stay in your lane. <laughs> um, what, I mean, Bitcoin has many uh, properties unique properties like censorous, uh, uncensorable, uh, being uncensorable, being permissionless, being open and open access for everybody, distributed, decentralized. What do you think is for your personal, in your personal view, the most interesting property of that? Do you have uh, a favorite? That's a really good question. Go first. <laughs> um, let me think. That's a really good question. Um, I mean, I think the, you know, where I see Bitcoin kind of fitting in the world, right, is like it always, it, it finds a hold always kind of in the cracks, right? And in like the, the edges of places where, you know, like the the fiat rails don't reach. And Anita, like I've loved your um, your recent series on, on uh, the different use cases in Africa, where it shows kind of like, you know, this is... People in the West and in the U.S. Um, don't understand just how bad payment systems and banking systems are in the rest of the world, right? Like we have definitely the best payment, banking system, the best currency, and the best payment rails um, in the in the world. Like maybe China aside, um, and they're still really not that good, right? So like imagine how bad they are in the cracks in these other places. So I think the fact that Bitcoin is um, is permissionless that anybody can spin up a node and start receiving payments, um, and that it is uncensorable that nobody can stop you from doing that means that it's really like it's finding a hold as a money, as like 
you know, the three, the store value, medium exchange, and a unit of account in these places in the world where these people like they have no alternative. Because, you know, one thing that we noticed in the crypto space this year is like the stablecoin volume or the crypto dollar volume has just exploded, right? Like Tether's up to like $20 billion or something now, right? Because really what the world wants more than Bitcoin right now is they want dollars, right? All over the place. What they really want is dollars. But in a lot of places, you just can't get dollars, right? You, they, they, you just can't get them in these parts of the world. And, and for that, like there's Bitcoin. Um, and I think we will just see more and more. We will begin to understand more and more the importance of the fact that it can, that anybody anywhere can access it and use it and nobody can stop them um, over the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I mean, that is definitely something similar. I mean, just I, I love that aspect about Bitcoin and Anita, you do such like an amazing job of kind of covering those use cases. And I, I saw someone mess like um, tweeting the other day, I don't remember who it was, um, just about um, Bitcoin is actually offering up this ability for like domestic violence survivors or, or people who are in domestic violence situations. And I had never even thought about that because, you know, these women or men or whoever are are unable to make moves or like get out of their situation because someone else is controlling their financial situation. And like first there's been these use cases in these scenarios that have been popping up that have really empowered these, these victims of domestic violence. And I was like, you know, that's one, that's one situation I never thought of. And so I think it's just incredible that every single day there's just a new like use case in which Bitcoin is empowering people that wouldn't have these opportunities otherwise. And, and then, I mean, on top of that, I, the privacy piece is just, um, you know, the, the non-censorship piece, like those things are really big for me. I mean, I, I don't know, like, you know, we're all kind of holiday shopping right now and just like the targeted ads that I get are just starting to become so frightening. And like, I recently like deleted Instagram and most of my social apps because like I could, you know, I've read that surveillance capitalism book. Um, and I mean, I can actually feel these, you know, algorithms pushing my behaviors. Like I've read about it happening, um, you know, pe- like pushing ads, like based on your behaviors and then actually forcing consumer behavior. And I mean, it's not just me reading and being crazy about it. Like I can actually feel it happening to me. Like I am purchasing things that I wouldn't have normally even thought to purchase, but like now I need them. And so I feel like I'm totally being manipulated by like these uber capitalistic um, algorithms. And so I'm like, Oh my God, like if I could just buy every single thing on Bitcoin, which, you know, I think we're getting closer to being there. Um, I think, you know, it's just going to like kind of, also free us from this like really vicious cycle of you know buying and, and being controlled by these large corporations so that's that's one of my other little um pet interests as well yeah great that's also a big point uh for me like getting from this push marketing where you always get pushed like with messages that you have never asked to get uh to pull marketing or maybe like with we ha- with what we have with podcasting 2.0 now a income stream for content creators without the need to have sponsors and ads which is a, a great uh use case um 
Let's uh, go a little bit back. Uh, you mentioned before the Lightning Network Daemon. I think that's the first product of Lightning Labs. Um, can you maybe explain to uh, people who are new in the space what that is? Sure. Um, so first off, hopefully your users are familiar with the Bitcoin Daemon, right? Which is the, the Bitcoin node itself, which... Um, receives blocks from miners, verifies the transactions, verifies its proof of work, um, and allows you to be you know, sovereign and to check that um, without trusting any third party, that when you receive your coins to your address, they are in the blockchain, that they are, that the state has been recorded and that they're actually yours and that your private key controls these coins, right? And so what LND is, the Lightning Network Daemon, um, is it's just a, you know, a plug-in on top of the Bitcoin Daemon, uh, another software program, that speaks lightning um, and can now you know reach into this this layer two network that sits on top of the bitcoin network um, that is a bunch of nodes that are managing channels um, and managing liquidity in the lightning network for all of these off-chain transactions which like desiree said um, will then when a channel gets closed settle back to the on-chain um, to the bitcoin network um, and so the advantage of going off-chain of course is that sending on-chain Uh, the Bitcoin network only processes one megabyte every 10 minutes, um, one one block, you know, give or take a little bit um, every 10 minutes, which is like a terrible throughput. Um, if, if you think about, you know, your Internet speed at home, um, you know, one megabyte every 10 minutes is horrendous. Most people are dealing with like, you know, hundreds of megabytes per second. Um, so it's very slow. And there's very good reasons for that, because that keeps the network decentralized. It keeps it permissionless, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so Lightning steps in to fill that gap um, where if you're sending off-chain, your sends are instant, um, your sends are, are nearly free, um, and um, you can settle back to the chain whenever you want. So it uses the same security as the Bitcoin network. Um, and so the Lightning that Damon has, you know, we have, like I was saying before we started the call, something like 50 companies. 50 or 60 companies that are actively using LND as a part of their business today. Um, and then like another 60 or so that we're tracking that are um, like Bitcoin companies that uh, we hope to get to start using lightning and to like, well, the, the, the term that the buzzword I've been using recently is getting companies to layer up um, to lightning <laughs> from, from Bitcoin. Um, and so yeah, it's, it's, you know, we have a, a fantastic community around it, a really, really active and vibrant GitHub. Um, that is, you know, uh, the, this is an open source project where, so it's people that are making pull requests and trying to improve the daemon for their use case and stuff like that. So it's, it's been really cool, um, getting in and, and watching all this stuff happen and watching this ecosystem go around this, you know, new network that is still, you know, it's only been, I think the first mainnet transaction was like either really, really late 2017 or early 2018. So it's only really been, you know, three years. Um, and it's grown really, really quickly. And I think it will continue to grow, um, over, over the next five or so. Yeah. I think our, you develop 
Oh, sorry. I was. I think our developer Slack has like over five thousand active participants, which is absolutely crazy. Um, and I don't know, Anita, you were at the Lightning Conference last year, and which was amazing, and we hope to do again um, someday. But it's just incredible to see the growth in these companies building on L and D over the past year. You know, I mean, there was a lot of progress that we saw at the Lightning Conference, but you know, there was still a lot of building and tinkering and just. A, general experimenting but now if you kind of look at the the community that's building it's like you know vc backed companies you have fold you have strike and you know these are are these companies are growing and have serious serious user bases so i mean not only is this community growing but it's very much so, like very much professionalizing itself as well so i mean i and this happened during quarantine like a quarantine year so i'm super excited to see what happens for 2021 yeah maybe in this quarantine here many people had time to build <laughs> <laughs> true, we were not true. on conferences and not traveling we had time to build And you just mentioned Fold and Strike, which are apps or, or solutions where you can also get cashback when you use them, when you buy stuff with it. Is that correct? Yep. And, yes. and they, yep. they, they also build on L&D. Yes. And BitRefill okay. is as well. Um, BitRefill uh, bit, offers, okay. offers cashback and is also uh, running on L&D as well. Yep. Mm -hmm. And as far as I know, BitRefill is already operating globally, but I think Fold and uh, Strike is only in the US. Is that right? Yeah, I think Strike, I think so. yeah. Strike, I believe, Strike. said 2021 global. They're, they're yeah. going yeah. global. Like, so. Jack, yeah. Jack, Jack tweaks tweets little hints about his master plans every once in a while. I think it's, it's been imminent for a while. Um, so yeah. we're, we're excited about that. Um, yeah. and, and another one, another one, um, bottle pay, which is a strike like yes. solution just launched, um, last week in the, in the UK. Um, and mm -hmm. it's hoping to expand to the, the EU and, and broader, um, soon. Yes. I hope so too. They have, they had to shut down, I think a year ago because of KYC or other regulations. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Great yeah. that they are back. Um, mm -hmm. do you have any numbers maybe on how the lightning network developed this year? I mean, like, um, Bitcoin that are allocated on the lightning yeah. network or the number of ch channels? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's tough, right? Because the, the, the metric that really matters for lightning is the volume flowing through the network is like the, the number of transactions that are being routed and things like that, because, you know, we have, we've been kind of static at about a thousand Bitcoin um, for the last year, year and a half or so. But like those thousand Bitcoin could be turning over, you know, five times a day and producing, you know, tens of thousands of Bitcoins of transaction volumes. Now, like, I don't think that that's happening, right? Because it's still pretty nascent. Um, but the number that matters is volume. Um, and so that is at odds with our design goals for the network, which is to make sure that volume is private, <laughs> right? Um, so I hopefully we're, we've been talking, this has been like something that's been an issue, I think enough for a while that we're going to start working with the community to try and start figuring out some privacy preserving ways to publish volume numbers to show mm -hmm. how the network is growing. Because like we have our own measurement, but it's only in like one, one node or a couple nodes on the network, right? There are others like the folds and the strikes and the bit refills, et cetera, um, that have their own metrics. And like, you know, Alex Bosworth every once in a while tweets his numbers from his nodes at, at yalls.org, which are significant. 
right? But but um, we need we need a better way of of displaying that data because um, that's that's the number that really matters. Yeah, I mean, even publicly, like in the beginning of the year, I think you know we were only around like eight hundred and eighty five BTC, and now it's like well over eleven hundred BTC. So I mean, yeah, I do think that like more people are going the the private route, um, but like we're still seeing like reasonable growth. But I think the most notable, the most like notable advancement is just like some of the stuff that we've put out this year, like um, Wombo. So like lifting channel limits, like I think that the quality of the network has like really, um, you know, really strengthened, which I, I think is super important before we like massively increase the volume and, you know, reach, reach mass adoption, like actually making sure that like this thing is like quality is, is super, is super important. So yeah, we have like, a lot of stuff that we've put out this year that, that's helped with that. Mm. Yeah, I can confirm that many of the nodes are private because mine is also behind Tor. So nobody can see it actually. So, and that's also the reason why you can't count it. Yeah. Yep. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the most interesting products you were working on this year? Oh yeah, I mean, Ryan, I mean, jump into that. We, <laughs> I actually have a list I just pulled up and it's like, I have to add to it because I'm literally telling you, this is the, like, for we, for the amount of people we have on this team, it is incredible how many products that we push out. So yeah, Ryan, sorry, is. if you want to jump into some of the more recent ones. Yeah, I think like probably the most, the one that will touch the most people in the shortest amount of time, honestly, I think is, is auto loop, um, where like our, our loop product, um, is just, uh, it's a submarine swap. So it allows you to, uh, move your layer two coins to layer one or vice versa. So if you are receiving coins on layer two, right, you have a channel with a certain amount of coins that you can receive until that channel is depleted. And so what loop out does is loop out lets you push those coins out on layer two, and our service will return them to you on layer one, right? Um, and so that's that's kind of, and loop in is the reverse. You send coins on layer one and receive on layer two. Um, so that's like, it's a very useful service. It's something that like for the merchant case, for the podcast case, for anybody who is like passively receiving coins over lightning, which is kind of where we think this is, this is going to really start mattering, right? And where it's going to start taking off is just people just receiving coins over the internet you know, without having to really take part in the transaction um, uh, is at some point your coins are going to get, your channels are going to get depleted, right? You will have no more receive capability on layer two. And so what auto loop does is auto loop will just be running in the background, checking your receive capability and, you know, it's fully trustless. So you set the parameters yourself on when you want to, you know, engage in kind of that, um, the, the rebalance. But at some point, once you need to, it will just kind of work in the background. And the goal will be for, like, our goal is to make it to where this layer two experience has these channels and is a little bit different for normal users to not even know the channels exist at all, right? For them, for it to just work exactly like layer one, um, for you to just continue to be able to receive payments from people all over the world um, without permission and for it to just work. And so, like, this was a really important step in that direction. Um, now, one funny thing that the team um, has, has told me is, 
you know, like there was uh, with with the app, um, there was autopilot, which was like a, a step in automation. Um, but one funny thing about these cryptocurrency protocols is like you're dealing with people's money. So sometimes they say they want everything automated, but then when the node starts doing something they're not expecting, right, they get a little nervous um, because, you know, hey, wait a second. Like, why is it taking this action with my money? I didn't I didn't OK this. So like we're, we're trying to do this methodically and like kind of bring the market with us and make sure people understand what's happening rather than going full blown automation, which is what I think everybody wants. Um, but but um, yeah, I thought that was a that was a really important step in the right direction. And, and hopefully it will it will continue moving that, that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to even step back a little bit further with auto loop or just loop in general, I mean, uh, for folks who maybe don't understand this problem, uh, that this the problem that this is fixing. I don't know if um, Anita, you remember, or if, you know, your listeners remember the lightning torch that happened um, when I don't even remember what it was, but you know, it was the passing of like these thousand sats that increased by a thousand sats every time. It ended up going through to Jack, um, which was pretty incredible, and you know, just gave a lot of visibility to what we were building. Um, but one of the problems that people ran into was inbound liquidity, and so that is the problem that loop really helps solve. Um, And like, that's something that as you see, like merchants and, you know, regular people are constantly struggling with, like Ryan said. So really the goal here is to just like help you set and forget, like let you let, let these merchants and, you know, let these individuals really focus on their business rather than managing channels and managing liquidity. Like this, that's really the goal here is to just make lightning easier for these folks to use. Mm-hmm. So maybe to explain it to the people who don't have the experience is basically like as if you have a wallet that a, a real wallet that has space for, I say, 100 US dollars. But when you want to receive 200 US dollars, the wallet is too small and it's rejected and Autoloop would solve that problem. And you don't have to, um, yeah, take care of the size of your wallet in any way, anyhow, anymore. <laughs> yep. Which is another, yeah. another, another light. Like, Nice comparison. I think the team has used before is like um, a cash register, right? So if you're if you're running, uh, you know, a, a, a corner store or something, you can receive so much cash during the day, but you don't want to keep tens of thousands of dollars in your cash register, right? You want to um, periodically take that cash to the bank. And the nice thing about Bitcoin is you get to be your own bank and can own your own can- coins on chain, and so you can just dump that cash register amount um, into your cold storage. Um, and keep it there forever and ever and pass it on to your descendants. Mm-hmm. And another project or product you just launched, I think, is Lightning Pool. Mm-hmm. And and that's something for uh, people who are running their own nodes. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. So Lightning Pool um, is is also incredibly exciting. It's a little more financy, so I'll try and um, tame down the jargon. Um, but basically... The, the important thing about channels is when I choose to put my Bitcoin in a channel with you, Anita, I could be doing anything else in the world with that Bitcoin, right? I could be keeping it in cold storage, keeping it safe. I could be lending it to BlockFi and getting 6% interest. I could be trading with it on any of these exchanges. I could even be putting it into a channel with any other node. But I'm choosing your node out of all of the different choices, right? So that means that I am taking... What's in the, the financy term is opportunity cost of capital risk, right? I'm foregoing all these other opportunities and choosing to put in a channel with you. So that means that there's value to me choosing to put my my coins in your direction. Um, and so what Lightning Pool is, 
is Lightning Pool provides a market for that option where it can say, if you want uh, inbound liquidity, if you want somebody to open a channel to you, you can just put up an order and say, uh, just like any other exchange, and say, I'm willing to pay you know, 3% per year for uh, a channel to be open to my direction. Um, and then somebody can say, yep, that sounds good. I'll take 3% interest on my Bitcoin in order to provide you liquidity and they'll open the channel. Um, and so having this, you know, there've been a number of these kind of over-the-counter services like um, that refills Tor channels. Um, LM Big has done this. Um, Yalls has done this. Lightning to me. Um, there's a couple of these other services that have popped up doing this on kind of like a bespoke manner, um, on a one-off manner. And so I think it's, it's, it's really important, um, to have kind of a marketplace for that, that then sets the price, uh, and allows good price discovery for what that costs to open a channel in, in somebody's certain direction. Um, yeah, so I mean, it really like, sorry to interject Ryan, but yeah, it really, it really kind of stemmed out of this community need for like this liquidity. Ryan's like super active on a lot of like telegram channels and there's all these people who are popping up. It's like, Hey, can anybody, um, open inbound my way? And, you know, people are really needing this. I mean, ourselves included. And so we just really saw that need in the community and built that for this. So, I mean, the, the, the kind of cherry on top is, is this new, like, um, this new asset, this new tradable asset that, you know, you can actually earn yield on. So, um, it, it's really serving a need and opening up a new opportunity as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because but it I, is I, I, yeah. just just to be just to be quick. It is this is we're not yet at the stage where anybody can run a node and earn interest just by um, by pressing a button, right? We're not we're moving in that direction, just like we're moving in the automation direction. Right now, still like to earn interest, you have to run like a, a good a, a good lighting node, right? Um, like you know the refills and the folds and um, the open nodes and such. They have like desirable locations and good liquidity, et cetera, et cetera. So like they can command a premium, but you know, your, your average user with a Raspberry Pi, um, and one channel, like probably is not going to be able to earn interest. So we want to like oh. level set with expectations. That's all. I have, I have five channels. Is it not working? Well, then you may, you may be doing all right then. Yeah. You, you may be but, on the threshold. But I understand the problem because I mean, the five channels, I think two of those are with friends of mine. I know them personally. Mm-hmm. And we said, mm-hmm. okay, come on, let's open a channel. And the other three are, I think, async and LM big. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, I also wouldn't know. I mean, I would have to go on Twitter and ask somebody, do you want to open my channel with me? And I guess a lightning pool is solving that problem. Yep. And, and okay. it solves it. And like, and like this is, yeah, using just like the power of markets. Markets are just very scalable ways to solve these coordination problems. Um, and so it makes sense to have just kind of a one-stop shop. You press a button, you pay what the market can guarantee is a fair price, and you have your problem solved rather than having to know somebody um, and having to like ask on Twitter or Telegram, like this way it's, it's fair for everybody um, or anybody can use the same solution. Okay. So lightning loop is basically in the very, very early stages, I guess what I hear from you. Yeah. Sorry. Because, because a friend of mine was asking if you already have a dash, a dashboard or something where he could see, uh, like order books or statistics mm-hmm. on it. I mean, I found one Twitter bot, but we didn't yep. find anything else. 
it's 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 yeah in the works. shout out to um at lightning lightning pool that that is a great twitter handle or t- a twitter bot to follow um shout out to them yeah. it's you know popped out of the community uh but yeah we're we're very early it's coming uh you know we're working on kind of the accessibility piece so um yeah definitely be on the lookout for some exciting um products around that Okay, what what do you think in general? Where are we with the Lightning Network? I was talking with Andreas Antonopoulos uh, in my last episode, and he said he's estimating that the Lightning Network is there where we were with Bitcoin in 2012, 2013. Uh, does this sound reasonable? I was not I, around in 2012 or 2013, <laughs> so I can't say. <laughs> um, not sure. Um, I think we're... We're really close um, to a tipping point where um, a bunch of the, like somebody, this is a basketball metaphor, so I don't know how many of your listeners are are basketball fans, but there are a bunch of these companies who have been um, just hanging around the rim, right? Like they've been paying attention to lightning. They've been kind of waiting for a sign and like a reason to jump on board. They know it. It's like in their roadmap. They know it's important and like it's the future of scaling Bitcoin but they just haven't integrated yet because they had kind of other priorities. Right. But they're all like, they're all right there. It's, it's, it's very close and, and they know that it's important for them. Um, I'm maybe overly optimistic, um, but pretty optimistic that this next year with fees going up um, and with lighting network, with, with L and D being ready um, and being stable and being trusted by a bunch of companies in production, um, that we'll get a bunch of those companies to convert um and to like onboard lightning and to see you know there's this kind of unfortunate narrative that's well it was pushed first by a bunch of bitcoin cashers in 2017 and has now since kind of dispelled but the lightning is like complicated and and is not really ready yet but for those of us who use it on a daily basis like it's really not um it works great all the time like i send payments probably like every day um and pretty much all of them succeed and it always just kind of works. And so I think, and like the node is really stable. It doesn't ever fall, fail over. Um, I think we're going to see, you know, some really good enterprise adoption in the next year or so, um, which will help change the narrative and help get a bunch more people interested. Um, so yeah. I don't know where in the last 10 years that puts lightning in Bitcoin terms because I, I was only start got started in 2017, but um, I'm, I'm optimistic. Yeah, I agree that we're early, um, but I think it's like hard to frame it against Bitcoin's timeline because Lightning is Bitcoin. I think sometimes <laughs> people forget about that. And something that Ryan has said, and I think he's talked about Pierre, talked to Pierre Rochard a lot about this, and this has come out of their their conversations, is that you know Lightning is the UX for Bitcoin. And Ryan, when you said that, like mm-hmm. really resonated with me and. You know, Anita, I think I was mentioning this to you in Twitter DMs. Um, you know, I am very involved with like the Lightning Gaming community or Bitcoin Gaming community, and just to see, I mean, the, the incredible growth in users around people who are playing these games. And it's not like a bunch of Bitcoiners are coming and playing these games. It's actually a bunch of people who've never ever owned Bitcoin or don't really know much about Bitcoin at all are coming to these games because they're like, oh, hey, I can have fun and I can earn this asset that everybody's talking about. And so we're actually onboarding a ton of new users to 
Bitcoin directly through these lightning games. So they're never they're not even really aware of what's going on. It's all just one big thing to them. So, um, you know, I think it's difficult to like compare them as like kind of progressing in the same in the same lane. But, you know, I, I do agree that we're early. But I mean, it, the the growth is incredible. I mean, just in um, at the last Mint Gox tournament, like esports tournament that we hosted, there was well, I mean, I think we're almost up to 15,000 transactions just during two hours. Um, and that's just playing games, which is kind of incredible. And those are all like successful transactions. And I monitored the discord and there's not people who are complaining about their transactions not going through. So um, it's, you know, making Bitcoin more usable. And like, just like Ryan, I'm using lightning for everything all my christmas gifts um you know i've done through fold um you know and i'm like sending poil feed like sats and you know playing around here and there um you know the zebedee wallet like sending people people like tipping um like video game streamers on twitch like i'm sending sats to to tip people um using their static qr codes like there's like it's actually being used rather than me just like buying Bitcoin and holding, like I'm actually using it today. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think, yes, it's early, but like, it's also going to at the same time, push Bitcoin forward. Yeah, great. And I think, I mean, lightning is Bitcoin. And I think yes. in a few years, maybe we won't talk about it anymore. Yep. Yeah. Like one, will... one, one thing, one thing that Pierre <laughs> said, um, one thing that Pierre said that I really liked is, um, you know, one way to think about Lightning, Bitcoin with Lightning is like Bitcoin 2.0, right? If we had the <laughs> Ethereum marketing machine, right, we could we could be saying that actually like Bitcoin 2.0 beat ETH 2.0 to market and is like already way bigger, right? Because I think like, like I said earlier, right, the goal is like every Bitcoin wallet should be a Lightning wallet. Every Bitcoin company is mm -hmm. already should be a Lightning company. Um, Lightning is just a massive improvement over on-chain Bitcoin in in every way while still inheriting the same thing, right? You having uh, a, a lightning balance and a Bitcoin balance, I think will be viewed in the future as like having a checking account and a savings account, right? It's just that your your money that's in your lightning balance is much easier and, and um, more accessible to be sent and paid for stuff. But it's, you know, to take your savings account and plug it into your checking account is like, that's what Loop is for. Right. And it's it's very cheap. It's very quick. It, it works really well. And you don't have to ask permission or wait for the bank to be open. Um, and the same thing, vice versa. Right. Is you take your checking account and if you want to dump some into your savings, well, that's really easy. And then you have your cold storage, which is like the, the cash under your bedroom or under your under your mattress or something like that. Yeah, that's your hardware wallet that's under your bed. Exactly. Hopefully not a ledger. <laughs> Hopefully not a ledger, you know. <laughs> um, so, but um, not bot, not but, but and. I mean, uh, LND is also running on a Raspberry Blitz and uh, it enables also podcasting 2.0 now because with the Sphinx app, the, it's yes. which actually a chat app, which is also running on LND. And I'm, I have my tribe on Sphinx since I think six weeks or something. And it's really astonishing to me because I made a calculation today. And I think only in December, if I don't did it wrong, you know, then I earned 500,000 Satoshis. Yeah, exactly. I'm also like, what? I mean, can this be true? I mean, I, I have 16 tribe members 
I, I, maybe I did it wrong because, because there is no message with the invoice, you know, so I can't really, um, uh, find mm. out, um, every invoice mm. if every single one of them came from, uh, the Sphinx app. But, and if it's only half of it, which really is possible, then it's 50 US dollars. And that's, that's great. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. I mean, think of that, you know? Um, I, I, yeah. It's, it's the, this is like the, the thing that I think is really interesting. Like, the streaming payments thing, I'm, a, I'm an obsessive Sphinx user. I'm in your tribe. I've contributed probably like a, a significant amount. Of well done, well done. Um, but it, it's so cool because like this is, this is like, it shows you what the future, it gives you a glimpse of the future of like what streaming payments are because the really cool thing on the Sphinx app is um, I just set, you know, that I'm willing to pay Anita 50 sats per minute for the pleasure of listening to the interview that she recorded, right? And then it just works. It just happens in the background and I don't even think about it, right? And and with with how good um, the, like I use Strike for my Fiat to Lightning conversion, with as good as that, like it just ends up being like, I'm not spending my Bitcoin, right? I'm converting um, part of my US dollar budget into these sats in this app once a month and then just spending that down listening to podcasts. And this is all all automatically. So you set up strike once, and then you have to, don't have to do anything anymore. Exactly, and then it just wow. works. It's, okay, it's that's cool. Um, uh, well, so I, I I think they're working on making it to where like it's a recurring thing from strike um, mm -hmm. into Sphinx. I don't think that's quite built yet. Um, but yeah, I just have to go in once a month. I load up kind of my balance where I like you can think of like my I think of my Sphinx balance as like a a prepaid debit card or something like that. Um, and I just, it just streams, you know, to, uh, to my podcasters, which who I've always wanted to support. Right. Uh, and, and I'm happy to support you with Bitcoin. That's like the best way I think I could support. Um, and now I have a really easy frictionless way to do so while also being able to like chat with you about your episode, which I think <laughs> yeah. is amazing. Right. That's great. Exactly. And I mean, it's like a little bit like a Netflix or Amazon Prime subscription, but you define how much you want to pay. Mm -hmm. And that I think is, is, is very great. And on the other hand, um, once maybe when there are more people using it, I can be free from sponsors and I don't need to push out ads anymore. Um, but I'm paid by my, uh, community, like the, the value for value model, like uh, the guys call it Adam Curry and Dave from podcasting 2.0. And I, I think that's great because it frees every one of us, like, you as a listener and me as a content producer and it's a great uh, development and i counted today there are already about 130 tribes in sphinx and 40 of them are bitcoin podcasts <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome yeah. wow i hadn't realized that it, it had gotten that big that's crazy yeah i think every day there are new tribes yeah great so um what are your plans? I mean, Lightning Labs plans for 2021. Oh, man. <laughs> World domination, of course. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, mean, um, I think one, you know, is obviously focusing on, you know, making Lightning easier to use and really focusing on building for our customers. And so, you know, that's been such a great part of like having Ryan on board. You know, we're really thinking about, you know, who are who is using our tools and like how we can improve them and, and, and make it more possible, make it easier for people to run their businesses on Lightning and build on Lightning and, and really explore these new use cases that like I genuinely believe are going to change the world. Um, so, you know, just really in line with like that type of vision, you know, we're going to keep building those type of tools and also make our tools easier to use. So like pool, you know, pulling together UI so people can really interact and, and understand what's going on there. Um, that's, you know, kind of the long-term focus um, for the year. Ryan, did you have anything to add to that? Yeah, no, I think that that said it very well. Um, you know, protocol-wise, there's um, a couple exciting things that I think are, are going to be coming up. You know, I never like putting the engineers on, on timelines, but like maybe <laughs> this will happen this year, right? They'll, they'll get to it when they're ready. Um, but one is is Atomic Multipath Payments AMP, which is mm -hmm. um, a really exciting upgrade that is has been um, planned for a while, and so that will give you know a need like like um, the Zebedee wallet. I think right now has the static QR code um, for their specific wallet that, that works, and so this would be making that more of like a, a protocol layer thing where Anita, you could just have um, a QR code up on your website that would allow people to just scan it and send you payments um, without you needing to create an invoice every time, um, which gives you like the Bitcoin. Again, like the goal here is to make Lightning the same user experience as Bitcoin, just faster and cheaper. Um, and uh, the benefit of that would be it also happens to maintain your privacy. So you could just have this nice little donation widget up um, that would just stay there. Um, I think you're know, making our, our liquidity products easier to use. I think also like a big focus, like I said, will be um, helping to kind of like like uh, new new Bitcoin customers like Kraken, um, who's getting on board Lightning, like mm -hmm. helping some of those enterprises layer up, I think will be, will be a big focus. Because um, I mean, there's, with fees going up, like they're already kind of sustainably with a median fee at something like four to $5 right? Like that's only going to go up as the price goes up. And as, as next year continues going crazy, like if you're running a Bitcoin business, like call me um, because what will help you get onto lightning uh, and, and help, help kind of hold your hand as you get your users used to it. Mm -hmm. And how do you think is this going to look like? I mean, my idea of Kraken, like for instance, Kraken uh, integrating lightning is, that they use it in the background or that people can go on Kraken and buy micro amounts of like Satoshis? Yeah, you know, like we'll see how, it'll be really interesting. Um, I think what Pierre has said publicly so far is that they're planning on starting with it being API only. Um, so it'll be actually like for small traders um, who want to instantly deposit Bitcoin and withdraw Bitcoin from the exchange for trading purposes? Which, if, if you if you've used Ellen Markets, um, which is the Lightning the Lightning native exchange, um, like they have a similar user experience where they only they don't custody like all your assets. They only custody your assets that are in positions at the at the time, um, which is like a really new, interesting kind of custody model. And um, so I think they'll do that. I think they'll also let um, 
users just withdraw over Lightning instead of withdrawing um, directly on chain. Because um, I think Kraken famously has like a flat $10 withdrawal fee or something like that all mm-hmm. the time, which is like used to make them a good amount of money and now it no longer does. Um, and so providing like an alternate route for their users to um, withdraw while, while raising their on-chain fees, I think is is part of their plan as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it will be uh, great to watch what ha- what's happening next year. Desiree, do you did you want to say something? Yeah, I mean, I I I, I think it's all going to happen. I mean, we said Wombo 2020, Wombo Wombo ship this year. Um, you know, I know we don't like to put timelines around things, but I mean, I think next year will be an incredible year, not only you know for Lightning Labs, but for the community in general. Um, You know, this year we saw like podcasting 2.0 pop up, like gaming has become like a real like use case and the stats back thing, people are going crazy over it. So, um, you know, like um, I I can't wait to see what happens next year. Um, you know, obviously this this price pump um, is helping bring people, um, bring, bring awareness, um, which, you know, can be good, can also kind of, be distracting as well. Um, but I think, you know, we'll keep our heads down. We'll keep building and just making this thing usable. So when people do come, um, we can really start aiming for mass adoption. And that's like, you know, I think that's kind of Ryan and I's like personal, like little business goal is um, to really kind of drive that um, in any way possible. Mm-hmm, great. Yeah. Now I have a internal question. You don't have to answer if you don't want to, but one of your first investors is uh, famously Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter. And mm-hmm. now we heard a lot about MicroStrategy putting a lot of money in Bitcoin in the company. Um, does Lightning Labs actually hold Bitcoin? Does Lightning Labs actually hold Bitcoin? As a, as a company asset, I mean. Oh yeah, I I don't I I don't know what's our public stance on that. Um, you know, I, okay. maybe we keep maybe we keep it spicy and let people guess. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yes, put yeah, let people guess. Yeah, then oh. we'll put up a poll. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I was just curious. I tried to ask the question. Maybe you would answer. Uh, I, I, I completely understand. <laughs> okay. Great. Anything, uh, that you want to add that, uh, we didn't touch on? Oh, man. No. I mean, I, you know, I think just keep, you know, following along, like join us. Like Ryan said, if you're interested in, you know, trying out our products or, you know, building on L and D, reach out. The team is always here to help um, thinking about customers and thinking about users is at the forefront of everything we do. So, you know, if people are interested in experimenting and don't know where to start, um, you know, Ryan and I both have open DMs, um, you know, anything inappropriate, please send to Ryan's DMs and not mine. <laughs> <laughs> Someday we'll have, um, we can um, just migrate to Sphinx. So at least you'll have to pay sats to send those, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely That's hit true. us up on Twitter. Um, we're more than happy to help and, and guide people in the right direction and, you know, make sure people have what they need to build. So, yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. And wh- where can people find uh, Lightning Labs and your um, accounts? So it's lightning.engineering is our website. Um, there's a lot of great stuff on there. Um, 
at lightning on Twitter, super simple. Um, so you can also shoot DMs there. I am at Dickerson underscore Des and Ryan, your, your Twitter handle. I'm, I'm at Ryan V Gentry. Um, and yeah, I think Anita, from what I've heard from, from your show, um, a, a bunch of your users, you or a bunch of uh, the people you've talked to kind of their first exposure was BTC pay server. Um, or they use BTC Pay Server for receiving payments. Like BTC Pay Server has Lightning integrated. They use LNB mm-hmm. out of the box, um, and we're kind of working with them to push, you know, some of our more uh, advanced features um, through BTC Pay Server um, as like just easy to use settings that, you know, they don't have to expose any of the the underlying stuff. So um, I'm hopeful that you know, um, even if you don't come directly to us, there is Raspi Blitz, there's BTC Pay Server, there's Umbral. Um, there's my node, there's, um, you know, there's a host of other solutions that are just out of the box, you know, maybe more user friendly, but running L and D all the same, that will get you on the lighting network. So there's, there's tons of options. Um, and yeah, we, we were excited about 2021. We think it's going to be a really good year. Yeah, I think so too. I think maybe next year we cannot count uh, all those uh, solutions anymore. <laughs> I'm looking. Yeah. I'll have to take off my shoes um, to keep counting them. <laughs> okay, thank you very much, uh, and have a nice day. Yeah, thank Great. you. Thank you very. Thanks for having us, Ida. Bye bye. Thanks so much for joining today to learn more about Bitcoin. You can find the show notes for this conversation on anita.link/show. If you want to get the best stories in Bitcoin from my point of view automatically in your mailbox, go to anita.link slash weekly and subscribe to my newsletter. If you have a question or want to send some feedback, drop me a mail at hello at anitaposch.com. See you next week when it's time for my show. Thanks for listening. Music, start with yes, delicate beats. Content, idea, and production, yours truly, Anita Posh.